welcome back for another helping of oysters, clams, and cockles, bringing you the best TV shows and movies weekly in an easily digestible podcast packed with laughs by me, Ross Bolin, and my dear friend, Mr. Barrett Dudley. Barrett, what's the bit today? Um, I'm just redoing one from... You're just going to reuse a past bit? I'm going to reuse a past bit, yeah, just because things... I mean, right now, they're just so perfectly splendid. And now I get the joke. <laughs> I'm in... I'm I'm part of it now. Yeah. yeah I get to laugh at the blind uh, manner jokes with everybody else. I figured that was a one, a, a good one to just rope you back back in Look, on. Look, I, I got to tell you. I mean, I would, I would like to tell you that you just wouldn't even know what to do with the warm piss in your boot if it ended up there and to just kick off your Lou Casey's and get out of here with your G-dang bolo ties and your... You know, but those are still going over your head, I think. Yeah, now so. those are... See, now I'm back in the dark again. <laughs> you just one week ahead of me at all times. Uh, y- um, yeah, yeah. I have watched a little bit of Blind Manor. We're obviously going to be discussing that today a little bit, briefly, during what I will call Such Bits and Tid with Ross mm-hmm, as a mm-hmm. segmented segment of Tidbits and Such with Barrett, Correct. everyone's favorite segment that we'll open with. And then, by the way, during Such Bits and Tid, yes. I also have a big... Big time recommendation. Okay. For the Clam Fam. Okay. All right. All right. Then it'll finally be time to close out Lovecraft Country season one on HBO. Yes. Which we will be discussing both the penultimate and the finale as the majority of this podcast. This episode of OCC is brought to you by Felix Gray Glasses. Barrett and I constantly have our faces and screens from morning to night, as do many of y'all. There's no cutting back in 2020. We need these things to communicate with friends and family, keep up with everybody, uh, to do our jobs. And too much screen time can result in tired, dry eyes, headaches, blurry vision, trouble sleeping. Look, as a guy whose job requires him to stare at his uh, computer screen all day, that loves watching television and movies on his giant TV screen, and then that loves playing video games on his computer screen, I, I, nobody is more familiar with the symptoms of how burnt out your eyes can get from screens than me, especially not having worn uh, you know, contacts and glasses since I was a little kid living in Austin with terrible allergies, contact lenses contribute to the allergy, itchiness, and all the things, the tired, the dry eyes, the headaches, all that stuff. And Felix Gray's blue light glasses have been an enormous help for me. They launched in 2016 with the singular focus of offering the most effective computer glasses on the market. Uh, With all the quality of brand name designer frames, they quickly became the internet's favorite blue light glasses. They filter out 90% of high energy blue light, eliminate 99% of the glare coming from your screens. And unlike other brands who use cheap, ineffective coatings that can chip or scratch, Felix Gray has a proprietary blue light technology that's embedded directly into the lens. They've got prescription, they've got non-prescription readers. Felix Gray has you covered with optical glasses for work and sleep glasses in the evening that are clinically uh, proven to increase melatonin secretion when worn leading up to bedtime. So if you're like me and you like to get in a little TV before you go sleep sleep, uh, as you know, that can be uh, detrimental to your sleep sleep. So you need to wear some Felix Grays to keep that blue light out of your ojos. Why would you buy glasses from a company whose sole focus isn't making glasses, trust Felix Gray. They make the best blue light glasses in the game. Go to felixgrayglasses.com slash OCC and get a pair of blue light glasses from the pros today. Shipping and returns are totally free. That's F-E-L-I-X-G-R-A-Y glasses.com slash OCC, felixgrayglasses.com slash OCC. And now it's time for tidbits and such with Barrett. Do you know how I would describe Felix Gray glasses? Hmm. Perfectly splendid. Perfectly splendid. And I've got to say, when you did that bit to open that episode, I was very confused about, like, generally I hadn't watched any of Bly Manor yet. And and then when I saw the first episode of Bly Manor, mm-hmm. and that little girl cannot, for the life of her, stop saying how perfectly splendid everything is. And then that's literally part of the storyline. You find out where she got perfectly splendid, and it's from like the former nanny who's dead and now crawling around. Oh, yeah, in I don't the background. even. I don't even know that. Oh, I do. Yeah. How, what how, episode how, are you on, dude? I, I I watched two and I haven't gotten any further. I think I'm on three. Okay. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to this is huge. You know to just to, 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 to discover making the it discovery. gets worse. Is what I'll say. If you thought that was going away, <laughs> if you're like, oh, what a funny ploy for the first episode or two. No, 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 no. The little girl, she can't stop saying it. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, it's it's her bit, really, is what it is. It's her bit. Yeah. 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 If you're not laughing, you're at least getting a little smile at this point when she rattles it off for the 40th time in an episode, then That's I don't exactly know what's right. wrong with you. Yeah. Um, Ross, I really, to be um, perfectly honest, not perfectly splendid, but perfectly honest with you, mm. mm-hmm. um, I, I think I only have one tidbit today. 
Mm, leaves more time for such bits. Yes, yeah, it does. Um, and that is that uh, it was announced today that there are going to be two special episodes of Euphoria coming in December. Just two? Two episodes. Now, I have not done, I've not done the search, the research on this yet, mm. uh, just, just to figure out exactly what is happening here. Um, my guess is that something I, this is pandemic related is what i is what i think really i believe that they are not able to get back to filming the show yet um because california is one of the more difficult places to 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 get filming going right now You're right um and my guess is that this is some type of like stopgap that they've come up with to like you know kind of fill in since they probably are not going to be able to get back to, to filming and then you know we, we might not see another season of euphoria until sometime late 2021 okay at, at best probably i'm reading on deadline and it says both of these episodes that we're going to get were produced under the covid19 yeah, guidelines that's which means right. that they're certainly not the full cast and crew um obviously what it says here that one of them is going to be uh the first bonus episode, these are bonus episodes, yep. is titled Trouble Don't Always Last, and it's going to follow Rue on Christmas. Okay. Written and directed by series creator Sam Levinson. Um, and then we, that's the one we got a date for, I believe. Okay. Um, but yeah. then there's a second one coming. This first one will air December 6th right. at 9 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. I'm so, sorry. Yeah, 9 p.m. Eastern. And then the second one doesn't have a date yet. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is both interesting and also exciting and also um, a little bit uh, fearful uh, just because, you know, we're going to see more of this over the next 12 months. I kind of like it. There's that, that... going to be like people are going to get creative and figure out how to like, well, we got to pr- we got to put out something. We got to do something content wise, especially for shows where like people don't want. Two-year gaps. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, she, she went on Kimmel and Zendaya said, quote, we might end up doing a little bridge episode. I don't really know how to describe it, but an episode that we can do with a limited amount of people in a safer mm-hmm. environment so we have something to live on until we are able to go into season two. Yeah, there we go. So, so I mean, you're going to see more and more of this, whether it's from TV shows like this, doing little, like, you know, kind of mini seasons or mini-sodes. Um, the and thing this is, is you, you know, you, you have to wonder and you hope that like the fact that they don't have like a full on, you know, that they, the Will fact that this is new, that this is novel, that they're like, oh, we need to do something. You just hope that the quality is up to snuff. That it doesn't take away that from the full blown seasons, the full yes. production, the full storyline. Of it's course, it. that is always the fear with, with like one offs. And now if you're yeah. thinking like, well, there are, there are examples of this in the past and like Black Mirror, but Black Mirror is episodic. There's no connection between right. the two. Well, right. uh, obviously, there are people that make the argument that there are connections between different episodes. But I'm saying just on the whole, you could watch any one-off episode of Black Mirror and you're getting the full story. Yeah, Black as Mirror it were. is not serialized. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So this, it, it's like, it's scary to think about that element of it in terms of how it could affect the overall bigger product, which we mm-hmm. were obviously huge fans of, as were the critics, and they won a lot of awards. And Zendaya is sort of like, wait, weren't we saying it wrong? Isn't it Zendaya? I'm pretty sure it's Zendaya. It's Zendaya. And that yeah. we've been saying it wrong for like two years. Yes, I think that's correct. Yep. No, I'm remembering now. Okay. I was corrected on Zendaya. this very recently. Zendaya. 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 Um, I kind of like Zendaya more. Can I keep <laughs> saying it that way? Is that like... Yeah, that's no, that's Listen, not if nice. you want to call me Rose, like, it's cool. That's not your name, though. It's no. not. It's not. It's Ross. Um, yeah, it's, it's just you don't want them to slip. Or you don't want them to do something that's going to negatively impact... Yeah, it's when like they if, do right. come back for yeah, season two, if they, it's about it's because it because it's maybe like forced, right? It's sure. like they 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 were backed into this corner. They had to come up with something. It's not going to be part of the full season. Is it going to you know? It's I just don't, and, and I don't know like, if they necessarily needed it from that angle because Euphoria was so impactful. Like yeah. it was so different that it doesn't feel like it was so long ago when I watched it, and I'm like, where the hell is season two? Like yeah, but then again. It does get tricky with them, especially because they're fucking with high school characters, man. Like, yeah. these people are going to look vastly different in a few years now, if they have to wait a few years before they're able to pull off a full episode or w- sweet season. They, or what? Like no. Zendaya and Jacob Elordi and well, Hunter. I mean, when you're in that, name? like, you know, 18 to 25 range, 
there's a bit of aging Hunter that Schaefer. goes on in, in that little period there where it's like you go from looking They're more all like over a, 20 though already yeah for season one they were yeah no shit oh yeah huh like yeah, they, good, they 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 went with the, the like cl- the dude. You're not worried about the dude looking like 35 at some point here. No, the Jacob Elordi is 24 years old, 23. But he's an old, he already looks pretty mature for like a high school kid. I know, which is why it doesn't matter. This yeah. is not Stranger Things. And that's always been where you're the way dealing with like actual puberty and like people going from it's not Harry Potter 12 to 20. Okay, yeah, you're right. You're, you're already right. 20. It's like you're once a young... you hit puberty and you've got the pubescent. Yeah, yeah, that you're yeah. going to have and, the rest of your life and we're usually I, good right and I'll also just tell you um, and I know this from personal experience you're good to go from 23 to 28 it's when you start edging up on 30 that's when that you start falling apart and looking like shit on a day to day basis yeah you wake up that one day and you step out of bed yeah. and your knee like makes a weird noise that you've yeah. never heard before and like yeah. hurts for the first time and you're like oh this is I'm going to die one day yeah these, these kids don't need eye cream is what I'm saying okay you know what I mean they're, I do know what you mean they're fine they're young they're hot they have personal trainers and nutritionists and beautiful glorious makeup and hair teams they got estheticians that shooting all I, kinds I, of things into their I faces I definitely think that it's like Zendaya said where it's like they, they want they don't want you to forget about the show they're riding a hot streak it was well received she just won an award they're like man we're not going to be back for two years we got to do something and i'm guessing that they had a spectacular idea somebody came up with something that was brilliant because i don't think they would take this risk if not for if they weren't like this is a fucking sure thing maybe so we've got this great you know basically like siloed story we can attack that's not going to fuck up season one and it's not going to impact season two. I would hope that they're completely separate of what we come to see. But then again, like I said, Euphoria, I trust to do something crazy like this. It's scarier for me if it's like, I don't know. That was just so different. It was such an original look at mm-hmm. like Gen Z sure. high school life. that, And in such a dark HBO adult way, I just trust them to give us a couple and not fuck anything up. Yeah. So yep. we'll see. Speaking of weird things. I, I, what I do like is that they are not trying to take a swing at a full season under COVID circumstances. Now that would be that very limiting. That they're just like, we can knock out these two. We have the ideas. We have good ideas for two. And then we'll, and then we'll fit, you know, then we'll, when we'll get back to season two when we can. I'm watching another show on HBO right now that did something interesting, not COVID related. Is this the third day? It is the third day. Okay, we should talk about the third day. This is a great uh, thing to add here on uh, such bits and tid. People have been talking about the third day. It's been in. It's been on the Discord. The court is strong. Um, the people court have been strong. tweeting about it. I have heard about it on other podcasts. I've read about it. There is all sorts of insane shit going on with this show. It is absolutely bonkers. <laughs> um, I am going to do a spoiler-free recommendation here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the girlfriend recommended this show to me. She was like, I started watching this show on HBO. It's crazy. You have to try it. Probably the first thing she's thrown out there for me, like really putting her ass on the line. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? When you recommend something uh-huh. to somebody yeah, yeah. and then if it sucks. And now think about if, it, if that person was a douchebag with a podcast who talks about TV and film. That's a lot of pressure yeah, yeah. to feed me a recommendation. And oh my God, she couldn't have been more like spot on. Um, I'm, I'm a big Jude Law guy. Mm-hmm. Just... In general, big fan of the dude. You and I have discussed quite a bit his sort of ups and downs in Hollywood, his sort of strange career where he was like this A-list guy in the 90s and early 2000s and then sort of faded into irrelevancy and then sort of came back with possibly the weirdest version of a show that he could have with the young Pope. And then just like, he's just an interesting cat. Yeah, he's he's been kind of up and down and all over the place. And he's yeah. like a very, very unique looking type of handsome dude where he mm-hmm. looks like he was pulled out of a fucking time machine from the Roaring Twenties or whatever. Sure, yeah. Um, and I, he, he's just a guy where I, I always want to see what he's going to do next, sort of. Right. And this show, um, which is a British-American drama television miniseries created by Felix Barrett and Dennis Kelly for HBO and Sky Atlantic. A lot of the time, that's their little HBO and Sky Atlantic, and okay. it's fucking British, and then we and get Sky it. Sky Atlantic, is the that is the channel that is exclusively shown on airplanes. <laughs> is it? <laughs> right. No, it's the British <laughs> paid television channel owned by Sky Group Limited. Oh, okay, okay. 
Yeah. I was con- I was it's mistaken. just confusing because of the word sky. And Atlantic. I haven't there. Virgin Atlantic, sky. <laughs> it's in the sky. You're over the Planes Atlantic are Ocean. In the sky. You're watching you're, the television you're shows. You're watching the television shows. Yeah. It might be your third day of travel. Sure. You could go live from an airplane now thanks to the Wi-Fi live stream. There's a 12-hour live stream event. Some flights take 12 hours. Uh-huh. You see where I'm going? I it's do. very confusing. It's, it's all very connected, confusing. Though. It's all connected. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're the oh, – like they serve up HBO to the United Kingdom. Okay. They are okay. the, quote, the home of HBO. Okay. So that's they, they, Sky they, they serve up HBO like United- a platter of fish and chips. Or like to a, the Brits, yeah, like a terrible, uh, terrible prepackaged airplane meal to the Brits. Yes, yeah, yeah. except it's delicious. It's, we- it's weird that if you're British, you can only watch HBO while you're on an airplane, though. I know that is a strange <laughs> thing about being a British <laughs> yeah, citizen. Yeah. You're le- you're legally only allowed to watch HBO in the air, and it's specifically over the Atlantic. Right, but it is what it is. So yeah, you yeah. can continue. Yeah. Um, also, it's it's the United Kingdom and Ireland. I should say mm, they okay. also have separated channels in Germany, Austria, and Italy. Which is anyway. This is how a lot of people in the world consume HBO. HBO, right? right. I watched. The, I watched the third day. All right. I w- I'm five episodes, and I want to say I'm past the halfway point of the season. I'm into the second half of the season, and all I can say for you is, is there is a distinct difference between the first halves and the second halves, and between what is the first half and the second half of the season, HBO put the third day specifically put out. A live streaming performance, like that was that is like you watch it and it is it is part of the season that you experience, and it is I have not watched this yet, and in fact I'm a little scared to mm-hmm. based off of the description. Like Jude Law takes like a nap for 20 minutes, and at one point he's like digging a massive grave or something. Like I don't know, there was some weird stuff that happened on this live stream from <laughs> what I from what I understand. Yeah, uh, definitely. I'm pretty. I'm positive that Jude Law takes a nap on it. That I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure he does. I know there's digging of some kind. (laughs) Uh, What I'm confused about is like, this isn't a thing I've ever heard of an HBO show doing. Now, it might be something that you would hear like a smaller, more indie network do or something like that. But this is kind of a hilarious, out like crazy out there idea that they executed on. And since I'm like, I found out about this after I started the second half already. Okay. So, so, okay. Frankly, a little concerned that if I, I know it's not for no reason. Let me put it that way. I know there's reasons for what he does in this this weird live art performance. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm not sure I want those things to fuck with my head now that I'm already a couple into the backside. Yeah, you probably... Well, there's only three, right? So you're probably just going to have to finish this. And, and then, then go back and watch and see what's what. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're just going to have to call, you know, call in sick to the podcast one day and be like, hey, sorry, I'm not feeling too well. And then you just ha- you're going to have to sit there and watch 12 hours of a, of a live stream. Yeah. Which is and- no longer live. Honestly, it's it's something we considered doing for this week's episode. I, I drew so much inspiration from the concept that this podcast was almost just Barrett and I sleeping for just, yeah. a half hour and mm-hmm. you getting to hear whatever noises come out of our bodies during that sleep period. Okay. And then we were going to get up and just dig <laughs> and see how far we could get for the second I half hour. I love digging. Been doing a lot of digging around the house uh, over the last seven hey, months. So you know there's stuff buried in that backyard. And you just got to find it. There's got to be. Every time we start digging, actually, I'm like, this is the time. This is the time that we one of two things I'm looking I'm looking for to happen. I, I would like one of these two things to happen. Okay. Number one, we Dino- hit bones, dinosaur bones, bones, either dinosaur or human. Okay. And then because of our discovery, somebody else has to come in and do the digging and excavate the rest for us. And then you get to free, see it. free landscaping is what is what I'm really looking for here. Okay. Oh my God, we hit a body. Somebody the, call the FBI. The, yeah, somebody call the FBI, get the FBI in, and then they have to do the digging for us. Where's the body? Look, we reburied it, but we want you to dig up the whole yard. Just be sure that there's no more. Yeah. Yes. At all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, and just when you, can you when you finish, will you just level it? Will you put it back level for us? All the way. That would be great. That'd yeah. be great. That's a big problem in Austin for us. Also, with there was before while we were digging, there was perfect brand new sod. You've ruined all the sod. We're gonna need all new sod re- replaced on on your on your dime. You've ruined the sod, <laughs> Job. <laughs> uh, obviously, option number two is that we find buried treasure. But that's honestly less exciting than just having somebody do my do my uh, yard work for me. You don't want the gold. I I don't want the gold. Okay. Don't give me the gold. Okay. Third day is a little bit um, losty. Okay. It's almost like a Lindelof show mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. that it starts, you're dealing with a gentleman on an island, the star of the show, Jude Law. 
You're not really clear on why, how, why he's on the island. They give you some like half-ass explanation that they never really fucking reference again. And then crazy, strange things start happening and you're left to sort of figure out what am I looking at? And from the get-go, it's shot in a way that lets you know, cinematographically, is that a fucking word? Probably. Um, that this this is something weird. Mm-hmm. That there's like, I don't know how much of it's reality or if it's imagined or if it's a dream or if it's a fantasy land or if it's purgatory or if it's lost the island or if it's, you don't really know what's going on. And as the show progresses, you start to pick up the pieces and figure it out. There are crazy breakthroughs in multiple episodes where you're like, holy crap. There is, of course, an obvious breaking point in the middle of the season based on this live performance thing that makes you go, holy crap. The second uh, half, as I'll call it, I think it's only, what is it, six episodes? Six episodes, yeah. Yeah, it's a miniseries, drama television miniseries, British-American, Sky Atlantic, um, that that the Brits can only watch on the planes. (laughs) And it's, uh, it's just... It's a very captivating, different show than anything else we've watched recently. Okay. And it's got very good character acting from Jude Law, Catherine Washington, John Daglish, uh, Mark Lewis Jones, all these different characters. There's like 15 characters that you need to know the actors and actresses for. Okay. Um, But I, I have not been able to turn away from this. It is part of the reason we are not discussing Yellowstone today. The other reason being that we ended up having to go seven freaking games, literally, I think, in seven days for the Astros, which decimated my television viewing time. (laughs) And I apologize to everybody in Clamstone Nation, but obviously Barrett and I didn't anticipate having to deal with going to seven games after we went down 0-3 and became the second team in history to force a seven-game series after being down 0-3. It was chaos and then eventually heartbreaking. Um, But this show is great to the point that I don't often come to this podcast with a recommendation for a television show. Usually they are provided for me mm-hmm. from the Clam Fam, and right, then I go, right. holy crap, this is incredible, and we end up discussing at length. Um, this is one that I'm like, if you like the shows we typically discuss and you trust me as a critic of what is good or what is not, this mm-hmm. is great. Like, has potential to be phenomenal. I'm not done yet. I don't know how they close it. That's right. a big piece of the puzzle. Uh, but in terms of time invested, miniseries, in terms of the quality of what you're getting, fucking incredibly weird, super make you think the whole time. You have to focus. This is definitely not like a you can be on your phone show because there's lines and things that occur. Well, I've had to rewind a bunch. Let me put it that way. Um, because it's just crazy trying to make sense of what you're seeing. And uh, it's this is like kind of a random little HBO project, right? It's not something that was super heavily marketed or that anybody was talking about looking forward to for 2020. It's just here, and it's Jude Law, and it's been one of the best things I've seen this year. So I guess my my such bits and tid for today would be please go watch The Third Day as soon as you're caught up on Lovecraft Country and Yellowstone, as I would like to further discuss it at Alrighty. some point. Perhaps. Righty-o. If you have the time. Um the only other things that I have to say in such bits and tid. Started Blind Manor, love it. Been very impressed so far mm-hmm. with what I'm watching. Uh, I think it was either you or somebody else told me that this season comparatively to last was being judged as less like outright scary and horrifying and yeah, more story driven. Right. I, I Yeah, that's pretty much what I was saying is that I wasn't through two episodes, you know, a fifth of the season, not sure, really sure, much. Sure. It, I hadn't found it as scary but I still was compelled by the storytelling overall. Now, I think critics have been less kind to the show, to the second season. And, and you know, sometimes the critics are right. Sometimes, but like, yeah. eh. Um, but so far, like, the, I, something about the first season didn't really grab me. I didn't like the story that much. I, I wasn't that big of a fan of it. This yeah. one, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. And I'm watching and uh, I'm enjoying. So if you like, you know, these, like these... Uh, what are they called when the seasons are broken completely separate apart from each other? Like what's an, an anthology. An series. anthology. Yeah. If you like like American Horror Story, if you enjoyed the first season of what was it, Haunting on Hill what was the haunting first of, one? Haunting the Haunting of Hill House. And now we're on the Haunting of Bly Manor. Um one question. The show begins with you watching a situation with a bunch of people, and then one of those people's like, Now let me tell you a story, and then you launch into the show. Is it gonna tie back to the story? teller at some point i imagine that it will yes 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I guess because just where I'm at now, it's I'm like, we haven't seen that lady who was telling us this story in a really fucking long time. Now, is she still narrating at all, though? Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, because that's she, Carla Gugino. Is she the perfectly splendid little girl or something? You know? <laughs> Who's to say? Who's I'm, to say? I'm not. I'm probably somebody listening who knows and is like, no, what? We may never know. They may never tell us. Hell. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, that's, so that's all I, I got. It, it feels like that little setup there was is, is, is going to come back up into play somehow. I just ended up thinking like that would be a piece of every episode. Yeah, Maybe no, start no, back I, there. And right, no, we're just, right. We're just rolling yeah. at this point. Also watching uh, The Vow, which is utterly ridiculous. So have you, are you finished with The Vow Not yet? Not done. Not all the way caught up. I heard already. I know. I'm fully aware now of why season two exists. They dropped. They dropped a massive bomb, a big bomb, a big bomb. Um, Skip ahead thirty seconds if you if you don't want to if you don't want to know if you don't if you want to yeah. be somewhat surprised. Five, even they've already four, three, two, one. They've already announced that there is a second season. At the end of the last episode, what you really find out is that this was always planned. There is a part two. Basically, they and have I, a and, massive witness that and, is going to uh... right, and I don't know about you, but through especially for the first few episodes, mm-hmm. a, a huge thing for me was like, what is going on with Nancy? Where is like, this lady? Where is this lady? How did she become involved in this? What does she know? What does she not know? Why are we not hearing from her what, directly? Like, yeah, or really, like she's clearly like this very looming presence over Nexium and well, over the business. She's, she's the right hand man. His, her number two. His number she two is right. Like he's Vanguard, and she is. Whatever Proctor, not Proctor, that that she's uh, some name no one whatever, should ever call another all, person. Uh, prefect, prefect, prefect. She's also a name. Like I kept like this was just like she is the looming enigma through most of these episodes because you don't you're not really getting any of her story. Whereas with Keith, even though he's not talking to you, he's on screen all the damn time. He's con- he's re- he literally recorded everything that happened, everything like, that like he all did these and said, do for some which reason. is insane, insane. Um, and then. <laughs> Yeah, basically, the, the the final episode drops a tease in the pretty much the final frames of, of the of the finale that they do have Nancy, and that it's coming in part two, where we are going to get to hear from her. She's ready to talk, and also possibly Keith, because much like Robert Durst and other sociopaths, he just can't help himself. He can't like, keep his fucking mouth shut. He's got he's got to participate. He has to. Yeah. He can't not. Yeah. So oh, well, that's all he's got now because he's fucked. I, I'll just thoroughly. I, I'll just say with you know without giving away too much more than than I already have. I, I thought that some of these middle episodes were a little bit redundant yeah. and 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 used a little too much filler and people on the phone and people just kind of like slows down. It slows down. Um, nine and or eight and nine pick back up significantly. And then I'm like, I, I'm just, I'm tickled that we're getting part two with, with, a, and that it will feature a person that I kind of thought of as like the most interesting piece of this entire puzzle. Yeah. Basically every single person who was like, what, why would you need a second season of a documentary? Like what that has seen the final episode is now like, God, I can't wait for season two. Yeah. Which is an amazing feat for a, a documentary to yes. pull off. <laughs> Pretty amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And with that, would you like to move into our discussion of Lovecraft Country Season 1, Episodes 9 and 10? I would, yeah. Let's do it. Uh, episode 9 of Lovecraft Country was titled Rewind 1921. And one of the issues that I, that I had with the show during the first few episodes, it was difficult for me to kind of get a feel for, like, why all these characters and why do I care, right? Well, the more de- the deeper we've gone, the further episodes, obviously, they've done an incredible job with character development. Episodes like this one are the reason why. Because they were a- they're able to tell you, th- they're able to piece things together, like, sort of almost as you're, you're already watching the story take place with these characters, and then you're learning about them as you watch the story take place in a way that's sort of different on Lovecraft Country than other things I've watched. I'm not sure how exactly to put my finger on it. But it just sort of starts and you're like here and you're learning about this family, but there's this magic and it's really confusing. And you're like, why the fuck do I care about the magic? And we were complaining about the Braithwites for the first couple episodes. Mm -hmm. Like, who are these white wizards? Why do we care? What the heck is going on? By the time you're in the penultimate episode, which is Rewind 1921, you've started to see that they're going to give you the bits and pieces you need here and there to connect the dots, to make sense of the story so that the things that are happening on the screen are as impactful as they should be. Mm And an example of that that I would give is just one of the more memorable scenes from this particular episode, the penultimate, 
when Tick is standing there with Montrose uh, at in 1921 in the past for the what this riot that is about to ensue these these famous this famous social uh, civil rights moment in history in the United States in Tulsa Oklahoma and he's having to watch his younger self like tell his first love interest basically to fuck off right um and and he and getting into that watching him and his son who's not his son who he's just told might be George's son the way all of that unfolds into this like complicated relationship where this you know up until that point where Montrose is watching his younger self have to endure this crazy trauma of his basically like best friend or boyfriend or whatever, getting his head blown off all over him by a racist white guy yelling two uh, slurs at him, if I'm like a racial one and then a sexual one, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I mean, it was, it, it brought Tick back to an understanding with the man that raised him as his father, even if he's not his real father. It was just an example of a it brought these characters together in a way and gives you an, a better understanding for both of them in a way that makes sort of a lot of other stuff you've already seen make sense, right? You you keep we keep asking ourselves throughout the course of the last few episodes. Man, why okay, so like Tick keeps bringing up that Montrose was like a terrible dad to him. Like beat him, berated him, belittled him, yelled at him, punished him uh, harshly basically is the the message that we're given. Well, we find out why. We have to literally watch Montrose be beaten with a switch that is really just a fucking giant branch yep. uh, by his dad. We get into all these pieces of these characters. It starts to make sense. Hippolyta, why did we spend an episode on her? What the fuck was that about? Okay, well, if you watch the two final episodes, now you know. All of that stuff comes back in a way where things that annoyed me have clicked into place. And it's it's taken this show from like an interesting new angle that... If you're like a white guy watching HBO, you've never seen before. Mm -hmm. And it's taken it and made it into something truly unique and, and fascinating week in and week out. Essentially, the gist of it is this. White people have magic. White people are also racist. Over the course of their racist magical doings, white people become intertangled with black people. Black people figure out that there is magic. Black people take the magic back and kill the white people. That is the gist of it. Um, now, intertangled in it is obviously a ton of historical stuff. We get deep into the Jim Crow era of the United States. We address the Tulsa riots in 1921. You have to watch that unfold. Uh, at another point, as you brought up on text message earlier, you, we endure Christine and Braithwaite going to literally experience Emmett Till's death as as he would have, mm -hmm. minus being a small black child. She's obviously a white woman who paid two white men to do this thing to her. But she has invulnerability, cannot die, experiences it. We go through all these crazy, traumatic moments in, in American history and in civil rights history. And at the same time, it's intertwined with all this magic and fantasy. And it's fucking cool at the end of the day, the way they pulled this all off. Now, another thing I texted you before we started our, our show today, like when we were talking about it off screen, off mic, was like, man, this... It's another thing that clicked for me after the finale was obviously like this had to have been incredibly powerful for black people who have never gotten to watch a show like this before where the characters related to them. Yeah. Like this crazy cool adventure HBO mainstream big event show. For sure. That was put in like obviously fortuitously they were able to finish it before all this crap happened this year it comes out during like leading up to Halloween and 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 in hashtag #creepy month. Uh, I mean, this, this, it hit every, every nail on the head by the time it was all said and done. Yeah. Uh, I thought that, I mean, I thought both of these episodes are really good. Episode nine was deeply affecting, um, obviously yeah, very watching emotional. That was, watching in, that was in, not fun. Anytime, it, you know, this is, this is one of like the, the, these little moments of, of forgotten history that is, um, you know, thankfully like being brought more to light. Obviously, we've had two HBO shows. As kind we of, mentioned with Watchmen, we, you and uh, I weren't very familiar with it, right? Um, kind of utilize this uh, in various ways to to become part of the the storytelling. 
Um, so going back to the to the riots and like getting m- more pieces of Montrose's story was really really good. Uh, I, there there were just lots of lots of really powerful moments about you know as this family kind of starts coming together. Yes, you know, everybody Hippolyta Hippolyta D Tick Letty Ruby Montrose like everybody you know they there are they they each have their own storylines throughout. Um, this series, which and contributed they, to, to some of the, 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 um, you know, the critiques that we, that we had made in yeah, various episodes confusion. about like being so ambitious and trying to do so much and where you kind of glossing over certain elements and pieces that should have felt a little bit more important. Right. Um, and, and just kind of to your point as as all of these things, as all of these, these kind of tendrils kind of like linked back up together to, uh, and here in this moment of the, the Black Wall Street massacre in 1921 in Tulsa, it was like just really really like like probably more than any episode this is that one that that just kind of ends and you just kind of feel raw right like it was tough to i mean especially circumstantially right like i mean we've seen a lot of like protesting rioting we've seen a lot of stuff this year um that when you i mean the message being like look how much has changed you know Mm-hmm. That's the craziest part about watching some of this shit is like if it happened right now, it would be the least shocking thing of all time. It's it's horrifying to see a piece of your country's history play out on screen that prior to watching a fictional television show, you were almost completely unfamiliar with. That's weird. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, just to, to, to kind of start jumping into this final episode, if you yeah, want to. Yeah, let's just wrap it all in now. Um, I, I, I thought it was, you know, I, th- this, ho- this whole show is, I think, very clearly trying to be allegorical with and metaphorical with the, this idea of the, the powerful white people that, that essentially own and have control of the magic and, and, uh, and you know, then our, our black family and black people are like, Attempting to 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 gain some control of it to protect their own to protect themselves right from the kind of the greater the 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 world at large. So it's not just it's not just the right it's not just the magic that they have to, to deal with like being used against them, but also everything else that's going on right. Right. Yeah. As we see in the the backdrop of whether it's back to the 1920s with Tulsa or, or in the night in the Jim Crow South or or uh, with the murder of Emmett Till right. So. Mm-hmm. They they are, are are trying to reclaim it, I think, and and use it to protect their own. And so we get. By the way, I do want to recommend. This was recommended to us. It's obviously pre- previewed or, or um, advertised at the end of most of these episodes. But if you want, look, we're two white guys. The the you really we want are. to dive we deep are. on Lovecraft Country and hear people get into it and tell you more about what it means, then you should go listen to the Lovecraft Lovecraft Country Radio podcast produced by HBO and hosted by uh, one of the writers for Lovecraft Country. Like, just going out on a limb here, they're going to be able to offer a little bit more insight than we can. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. As a white guy born in the last 33, <laughs> 34 years, you and I don't have exactly yeah. the expertise required to uh, tell you exactly how impactful this show was. Uh, um, so we can really only speak from from our own perspective here. I, I thought it was... So everybody who's ignorant and watched it, welcome. <laughs> So just to, to continue down the line, you know, throughout the season, right, we're kind of wondering where we're, we've got the Sons of Adam. We know that the Braithwites as a whole, this this white wizard magic family, racist, 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 they're racists, racist. We, we hear the N word used um, repeatedly, repeatedly, like they're pretty blatant about pretty it, pretty blatant about it. Yeah, exactly. Like like we had uh, the, the what's his face, the guy in episode one or two just talking about like the natural order of things, which yeah. is always coded language for white people are, are um, you know, su- you never want to hear that supposed to be above anybody else, essentially. Uh-huh. Um, and through the through the whole time, it's like it's kind of like we're never really sure with Christina. She's sort of helping. Like, is she a good person? But she's is she sort a bad of in person? it for herself. And she, she, you know, like she does has she this. Have a brother? She has she this. Not? She has she this does. relationship with Ruby. Yeah. Um. Right. Like, where she, you like, can't tell does she love Ruby? She is, offers invulnerability. Just using Ruby. She offers invulnerability to Letty. Like she's gotten them out of a couple of precarious situations. Right. So that. But, but then the why behind it all is always her. For yes. her benefit. So it's always very self-serving and 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 which again is allegorical. Yes, because the undertone there is that even though she is not a 
vile, out in the open, you know, racist, racist capital Like her dad R, was, like, like her, her other Braithwaite family, family right. was. She, again, she wipes them all out. So you think, oh, maybe she's different. She's yeah. not racist. But then the, the, you know, the means to her end still require her to step on black people. And basically. literally kill one. And use them and event, and at the end, kill one. Yeah. Right? So that 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 was very And it ends like, up all being just about her achieving immortality. She killed her family for that reason, not because she thought they were bad. Even or maybe there was a even if there was an that's the thing. It's like the jump from, you know, two generations ago, pure racism, mm-hmm. to the twenty twenty version that you get with some people is very, very different, but it's just as um detrimental. Sure. Like it's just as bad. It's just done in a different way. And that's a lot of what uh, white America struggles with. Because you don't experience that unless you experience that. Like, of course, if somebody tells you, yo, there's a shitload of, like, racist stuff going on that's under the table. Mm-hmm. What do you, you want to hear what those things are? Yeah. Before, I mean, as a white guy, you don't experience them. So unless you go ask people and have conversations and read enough or educated enough, it's just not something that you're fully, fully aware of. Right, right. Um, um, so, yeah, and it, at the end, it was kind of like, you know, it, you're, you're it, from our perspective, I, I was kind of the whole time like, well, I guess Christina's bad. You know Christina's bad because because our main characters and our protagonists don't like her. But in the end, you're, it, it, it does like a nice job of kind of framing that for you. And that like, no, she was not the same as her ancestors but was still essentially like a piece of that cog, a part of right? The she was part, still a part of the problem, still was serving herself like to the, to the detriment of Yeah, she people. saw all these people as pawns. Right. I mean, she ends up killing Ruby, right? Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Catching her for trying to trick her and get a piece of her body away to, the, yeah. to Letty and uh, Tick so that they can use it for their magic. And, and then she obviously takes her form, tricks the others. It's a crazy, complicated mess at the end. Gia shows up and is a huge piece of the puzzle. Again, seemingly sort of random offshoot of an episode that at the end of it sort of ties in. But then mm-hmm. by the end of the season is a big piece of the puzzle. As you said, all these people come together as one to defeat this enemy entity that is attempting to use them and destroy their family in an effort to gain immortality which again there's all kinds of allegories you can draw from all this it's it's just rife left and right uh but what a cool in terms of like storytelling as a concept what a cool concept that white people have this magic that they utilize that magic exists in the world, but only white people can access it. And then this show, uh, obviously, with all the historical context tied in, what if what if that was the case? And then black people stole the magic back. And I would even argue that you could say magic in this show is like an alleg- it's like a it's like the American dream. White people have had access to the American dream the entire existence of this country. Mm-hmm. Black people have not, and uh, in many cases, white people fought. That they did when they didn't. Yeah, yeah. Mi- I think many interpretations can can be had there about what the magic is. I, I started listening to this to the Lovecraft Country podcast um, just the first fifteen minutes from this last uh, t- that was going to be from discussing this, this this finale. Um, and one of the things that um, that they're let me just pull up their names. So I oh the writers of the show. I give them them credit here. Um, <laughs> I may have them on my screen. Already. Ashley C. Ford and Shannon Houston. Shannon Houston, I believe, is the is the uh, the the one that was a writer on the show. Yeah, she's uh, she wrote all ten episodes, or was one of the writers mm-hmm. in all ten episodes. So she, she was talking about how uh, the you know the black people kind of taking back the magic was also kind of a reference to the fact that like there are religions that go way that date that predate Christianity by a lot. That were founded by, you know, black, that were black religions, essentially. Right. Okay. Um, and so that that kind of, fr- that, that kind of went into it, too. And then I just got to start thinking about it and, and went further on the interpretation. And, it, like, it's just kind of interesting because when you think about, when you think about, like, wizards and magic and, like, this type of show in general, mm-hmm. it's very much like a white person thing, right? Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, Harry like, Potter. um, Harry did you say Harry Potter? Yeah, Harry Potter. Yeah, like all, all this like 
all these tricks and spells and sword in the stone every every freaking magic show or movie i have watched since i was a child it's like all white people white magic is a weird white people thing yes for whatever reason in our culture and like obviously that was the result of no stories being told for (laughs) black people with fucking magic in them which is a problem so so i mean yeah and even even on on Halloween favorites, like right, like Hocus Pocus, like Dude. like all this type of stuff is just very anything with magic, wizards, witches, they're white spells, all this type of stuff. It's like very like every very every once in a while you'll get like a token black voodoo character. I'm right? thinking like Samuel like, L. Jackson in Star Wars. They were like, "Fuck, we need a black Jedi." I'm thinking about the the Pirates of the Caribbean. You know, the, they they've got the one Caribbean yeah woman yeah to come in and and be. It does feel token, right? When, like it, token when they throw spook, in a spooky person, one. So um, it gets weird. Yeah. So I, I, that that got, I started thinking about that too. Like this show as a whole, like takes this genre back back a little or bit as well take, yeah 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 i mean that's a really cool co- i mean and think about the, even the very basis of the show lovecraft country written by this what turned out to be an incredibly racist human being this this stories or whatever it was and well, no, not love lovecraft uh, was the racist this the author of lovecraft country d- definitely not a racist so the book he's hauling around is not written by the racist guy in the show is he, he is he hauling? No, he's he's hauling. Doesn't he around. have the book that says Lovecraft Country? He's like, this is our family story. Yes, not written by a racist. Okay, but Lovecraft H. and Lovecraftian horror. Lovecraft, that guy was the racist dude yeah, who not, wrote, really, wrote all these weird really, essays and shit. Really, Lovecraftian horror wasn't always necessarily racist either. H.P. Lovecraft was just a racist. Okay, okay, and gotcha. also wrote some stuff that was very racist. Okay, and to take. It was what a is, big race. It was a big racist. So hi, to take his the, a, a racist guy's yes. style of horror, yeah. and then yeah. utilize it to make a successful black story on HBO, right? Is but there's very like, there, ironic, there, yeah. Um, and if I, irony is the word, and just you know, just sweet big, revenge. Big shouts to showrunner Misha Green and Shannon Houston and is all these Misha other. Misha ever on the pod? On, yeah. So the, so on the back half of this podcast that I started listening to, Misha, I got to go pop, listen. To Misha this. pops on too. I got to listen to Misha. Um, yeah, and I'm sure that like like this is a show where I feel like I need more insight, as we've talked about n- many times. Whether it's like the little Easter eggs and references, whether the books they have, Uncle Tom's Cabin, the um, you know, obviously like 1921 in Tulsa and the murder of Emmett Till are, are two instances that I am familiar with. Tulsa, more recently, so of course Emmett Till is a I think I feel like a super famous one that everybody at this point, if you're not aware, knows of about Till, or should should absolutely amazing. know about. Um, again, something got mentioned in history class, like in a one sentence fucking, th- and then we moved on. Cause I, I remember the name. I don't remember if it was high school or college, but we definitely, that was, a, that was, I was taught about Emmett Till for sure. It's probably the biggest, like non, uh, it's the biggest civil rights name in a non leadership way that we were totally. taught about. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but, but yeah, so I, I could just use more info so i'm definitely going to finish listening to this one about the finale and and then i might might have to go back and and listen to a couple of the others as well especially i don't think anything has been announced about a follow-up season um just to get into that big crazy finale the the final scene we do lose tick and now Which is- this show does involve magic but so not very concerning but it does seem like he's dead dead and he does it fulfills the what what we learned from the book that he's carrying around, which is their family history. And then the whole it time goes everybody toward, knows this is gonna happen. You and know, he's and, trying and, to and have to say like Hannah and Hattie, they 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 are talking about how like like he's going to save everybody. Like the, it's very much like ful- the fulfillment of a prophecy in which a way. Which would really take away the weight of it if you bring him back next season. Sacrifice just, himself. We ta-da. do it and it's we, you know, we arms out. It's very like Jesus in that moment. Um very uh very Christ-like, uh, and I was trying to think of the word. I almost said Christian, and I was like, "That's not. <laughs> um, That's not the adjective I'm searching for." So, so there, 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 there does seem to be a lot of evidence. Also, add to that that Jonathan Majors is uh, about to be a, a big movie star as soon as we can have movies again. Um, so, what's it would be he shocking again? to see him? What? What's he starring in again? Or what's he? I uh, so obviously he had to Five Bloods and. Um, Oh man, I keep forgetting that that was him. 
the, the the big one for him is he's he's one of the the newest, hottest, biggest, baddest Marvel villains. He's going to be a Marvel villain. He's like the new Thanos. Oh, that's tight. He's going to be an ant. Oh, is he Kang the Conqueror? Kang the Conqueror. Yes, indeed. Wow, look at me googling yep. away, just crushing it. Kang. That, does that does Kang, Kang is Kang not the the name of the little brain in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon? You know the brain that like sits in the little yeah, like the robot maybe. body. All I can think of is Liu Kang, Raiden, Johnny <laughs> Cage, Scorpion. Um, it's Mortal Kombat. Yeah, Mortal, Mortal uh, Kombat. So, so it seems like we're losing Tick. Um, y- you mentioned Jiha. She comes into play. She gets to use her nine tails again. This time for good. Really uses them. <laughs> uh, you mentioned one thing that we texted about. You were like, where did D get the Terminator arm? Oh, yeah. I, as soon as she chokes out Christina, I looked at Laura and I was like, wait, what? What? Where did Where'd D you, get what, the Terminator where'd arm? Where did the arm come from? But it's like Hippolyta made her the arm. So when Hippolyta now, opens that door and you hear the mechanical noises, I thought she was taking her to go fucks with the yes, thing again. I thought that was the orrery. Yeah. I didn't know she had uh, in there, okay. like, she had built her this thing, then she straps it straight. Yes. Clearly, that's the arm noise that she's hearing and she's looking at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's, that. I, I gotta say, that freaking robot arm, main reason I'm confident we get a season two. Okay. Come on, bro. They left these characters in such cool places to play with. Yeah. Like, the little girl has a goddamn robot arm. What year is it? How is she going to get away with this? <laughs> like, if, if a kid was wandering the street right now with a robot arm, I'd be mm-hmm. like, holy shit, the future is now. This is Jim Crow America. She's got a robot arm. What are they going to do with this? I mean, they, they could do a spinoff and just have a second season be about, like, Aretha Blue and, and D, yeah, right? Pretty easily. At the end, Hippolyta's kind of the biggest badass of the whole show. She has incredible blue hair. And, with, and looks and looks awesome with the blue hair and yes. knows everything because she spent 200 years in the other worlds because it's robot month and we're back in the multiverse also with this show. I forgot to mention oh that. Oh my God. When the second they were like, <laughs> there's all, there's, there's, well, Tick tried to be like, look, look, there's lots of timelines. Surely in this one, I'll be fine when he knew damn well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that comes up a bunch of times. And no, no, you're exactly right. Hippolyta, far and away, the wisest, most powerful character on the show. And it's not close. Yeah. She got to go live infinite lifetimes and infinite timelines. Pretty much. Spent 200 whole years on one of those worlds. It's crazy shit. Also, it is, I was wrong. It's the, the, the Ninja, Ninja Turtles supervillain is Krang. But I, so I was close. The fact that you even remembered <laughs> the brain guy is crazy to me. Uh, I only yeah. remember Shredder. And then, of course, the Shredder. There's obviously Shredder. He's the, he's, he's the villain, the main villain. Yeah. When my little brother was born, this is weird. On that day, you know, you're an only child. You never had to endure this pain. When you have a, another sibling come in, it's fucked. You lose all the attention. Your whole life's ruined. Mm-hmm. And my grandma knew this. Everybody knows this when you're the older kid. You got to get some kind of toy or some shit to make you feel better when your sibling is born. I got a, a shredder toy. Grandma walked into the house. I remember she handed me the shredder and I was like, it was worth it for that little shit to come into the world <laughs> for me to achieve this shredder toy. Thank you, grandma. Look, here, here is. This also is- love you, Sam. Krang, Krang, he's just a brain, remember? Yeah, he's in a guy's tummy. He's in a tummy, yeah. This yeah. guy, he, but, run, he, but he I runs do, that guy, right? He tells that he, guy what yeah, to do for him. Yeah, that's his body. That's his, that's his physical form. I do need Krang. to show you that, that you, can get a, um, you can get a Krang satin jacket here. Uh, oh, look at that. You could be Krang for Halloween. You could be Krang for Halloween with this, with this cool satin jacket. Hey, does that say $130? It does. Yeah, it's a satin jacket. Who would... Who would pay $130 for if you're not watching on youtube.com slash bowling media, you're missing out on what is perhaps the most overpriced jacket I've ever seen. I mean, it seems like a one-time wear. It really does. Can't, can't imagine just rocking around stunting in your Krang, in your Krang varsity jacket. Yeah, you can't put up a picture of that on Instagram <laughs> and like three weeks from now, put up another picture of that on Instagram. No, 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 no. That's, That's not going to fly. You got one shot. People are going to be like, what's the deal with Barrett in the Krang jacket? I thought he knew fashion. Mm-hmm. He has mm-hmm. club cool. That's what right. is this Krang jacket? Maybe this is the new wave, Krang. Yeah, yeah. We just invent. Anyway. Hashtag Krang. Lovecraft Country season one, for me, ended up being um, a massive success, even with a couple of moments where, as Whitey, I was confused or didn't fully <laughs> understand. And uh, I'm, I'm stoked on what they were able to accomplish from a storytelling standpoint, from a historical context standpoint, like the all of the allegories and the, and the different metaphors and... 
I mean, it was just incredibly entertaining from week to week. You never really knew what you were going to get until the final two when you knew it was going to have to sort of unravel or come together. And then when it did, it was great. It was highly entertaining, moving, uh, at times in- insanely painful to watch. It-, it had very few moments of humor, I will say. Almost Not completely a lot of void of levity. Mm-hmm. But we did have a Letty, uh, obviously not hard on the eyes. That helped mm-hmm. with the lack of jokes. And then, uh, I mean, just a, a sea of characters to pick from. It's sort of to the point where, yeah, I was bummed about Tick, but also, like, we're not short on characters here. I mean... If they want to continue. Yeah, we've sure. got plenty of people to, to, to mess with. And as we saw when Letty and Tick opened, they, they unbound the Book of Names. By the way, that was a little thing, like 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 they were saying that that Hannah, the great-great-grandmother that's standing in the doorframe in the fire of the house that Tick is, you know, always seeing but doesn't get to talk to until this final episode, like, she bound the book. That was her way of protecting. She thought she was taking the book, binding it, never Keeping to be used safe. again. Right. And that's what the, the ancestors are kind of, like, saying to Letty is, like, no, y'all got to use this. Right. Learn from her mistakes. You can use this for protection. You should use this. I so think, doesn't she even up saying it, the ghost? Or whatever, Hannah. Hannah the, the doesn't. Old, the Hannah, in, ghost. I maybe. think. Yeah, she even ends up being like, you know, you're gonna need to open this up. I yes. think she tells her how. Like I locked it with this fucking phrase or what? I don't right, remember. Anyway, right, there was right. so much crazy magic stuff. Yes, in multiple generations with Hannah, Hattie, Dora, Tick, and now Letty. So it's so there was there was a lot to keep track of there. But they can visit the ancestral plane, is what we learned. So Tick is probably just hanging out there with the ancestors. Which would be a way less demanding role sure. for him to kind of have to pop in once in a while yeah. in a sort of alligator, Abe Lincoln, Chubbs type scenario <laughs> from, again, to reference Happy Gilmore, mm-hmm. uh, where he just has to be a spirit in the sky that helps guide and advise these other people. Yeah. So so who, who knows? But there's there's certainly a, a lot of different ways they could they could go with this. Um, I would also be totally if cool they if they to. were like deuces. Yeah. We did Same. It. Same. Peace. And li- like you said, like, like I... I you know, when this show, I, I would just say it's like they were they they were running hurdles, right? And they were super fast. They were, you know, beating everybody. Letty quick. And every yes, like track star Letty. And every once in a while, they would like I thought they kind of hit one, you know? Yeah. And knocked the hurdle over. That's how I felt. Yeah. But it didn't stop them from continuing to run very fast. So, like you said, unbelievable accomplishment. The show was every single episode visually stunning and great to look at. And I think that with the last two episodes, they really did tie up the story very well. And I thought that it was overall a successful season. And um, it, it was it was it was a good one to talk about, a good one to learn from, for I'm, sure. I'm betting they will get some type of Emmy love um, in terms of acting. I don't know if they're going to get love there, but like in in the writing and in the cinematography department, I would think they would get some attention based on what they were able to pull off. With I think the, that's probably right. With the monsters and the magic. I liked sort of the kitschy way they did some things too, like with the portal. Like the first time you see Tick jump through it, you're like, well, that was fucking comical. <laughs> it's like almost the only time I laughed in the entire season, I think, because uh-huh. he's just like, Wah! and just like throws himself <laughs> in there. But it, there were elements of it that that was stylistically felt old school. Uh-huh. Like it, they brought you like, it was super advanced. At least they didn't do like the Austin Powers one where he just like Pretty jumps on the spiral and, and then just... like spins. <laughs> Fuck Austin Powers is good, man. <laughs> yeah, I, it's the same as you said, though. It ended up being something that I, I, I didn't only feel like it was just a good story. It was impactful, and it was mm-hmm. it was meaningful, and it was so different than anything that uh, that I've seen, that Whitey has seen. <laughs> and uh, for that, I'm very thankful. And like, like, like we just said, if they do do another season, I'm all in. If they said that was it, I'm also happy with the way that they ended it. Same. There is no like, there, I needed yeah. more of this or that. I feel complete in what we got. So great show. Glad we uh, went in on this one together. Clam fam, hope you enjoyed as much as we did. Let us hear your thoughts, your feedback on Lovecraft Country, the penultimate and the finale on social media. Uh, Barrett, anything else you wanted to add before uh, we move on? Well, I just, I mean, before we wrap up the before podcast, we wrap. before we wrap up the podcast here, I did want to remind everybody that, by the way, Per- perfectly splendid um, final scene to to end on there with Lovecraft with the giant Lovecraft multi teeth Demogorgon monster screaming at the moon. Um, did you happen to notice that uh, that one was black and the other one was white? 
Yeah, there's there's a, the monsters. Uh, the there's monsters. a race war going on with the <laughs> we're monsters. Also, we're also <laughs> D, yes. D. By the way, yeah, far and away the coolest character on this show. By the end, um, that scene. She, so she's got one of these things now in a robot arm. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, Imagine, that's what I'm saying. Just Aretha Blue. Just spin that off. Do the comic book spin off her and her mom. Sure. You know, like I don't think any eight year olds watch this show, but if they did, that little girl's an idol, <laughs> like an icon now. Uh, so all very fitting for Creepy Month and. Thursday is good. It's time for movie club, is what it is. So I, I just oh, movie club. we got to pick a we got to pick a movie here. A scary movie, a, 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 a creepy, creepy movie at the very least. Okay, it should probably at least be creepy. So um, so holler at us with with ideas. Is that what uh, you're saying? I, I think I'll I'll try to put out some sort of poll on the Discord, but then I'll also do a uh, check check out the Twitter. Um, we, we might Twitter might machine seek some uh, seek a poll there as well. Conduct a poll there as well. Just ah. to just to see, uh, you know. Obviously, I want to know what the I want to know what the cord is thinking. You want to see the data, but I also want to know what the overall what the what the GP is thinking. What as the well. clam fam's thinking, and just the overall clam fam. Sure, yeah. all of you listening, you're the clam fam. If you didn't know, because you never know. You know, maybe I say that we're going to do movie X Y Z, and that person says, "Well, you know what? I got to join the movie club on Patreon.com/slash/OysterSclamsCockles." And then maybe they're like, oh, man, i got to hear these phone calls. So I'll join the wire, wire tapper, wire, wire tappers. Just one wire tapper. So I hope there's yeah. more than one now. If we're still making that joke for one guy, it's really funny. <laughs> and he's just, or he or she has to just be fucking rolling in it, enjoying life, you know? Mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. want to support the show and get more OCC ad-free, that's the place you can go, patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles. Barrett and I do uh, four additional episodes every month. If you're in the Mollusk Militia, you get all four. If you're in the Crustacean Nation, you get three of those, and that's just a $5 minimum pledge each month to support oysters, clams, and cockles to keep the show growing and moving in the right direction and uh, also to get more ad-free OCC in exchange. Just five bucks, three episodes, or go above and beyond, join the Mollusk Militia, get that fourth and final episode, which every month is a hotline call extravaganza. We also have a movie club tier if you just want to join us for movie club every month where Barrett and I announce and then watch one movie and do a podcast discussing it. Uh, We have the wiretapper tier for people who want to hear the Mollusk Militia exclusive hotline but don't want to be in the Mollusk Militia for some reason, we've got all kinds of options on patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles for you to get more OCC. So go do it. Support us. Support us. And uh, clam fam for life. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash oysters, clams, cockles. Follow us on social media for updates on the best in TV and film. Uh, on Instagram at oysters, clams, cockles. We're on Twitter at clams and cockles and facebook.com slash oysters, clams, Cockles, I will note, 2020 was uh, and has been utterly chaotic for everyone in the entire world. On the front half of it, I had to, and Barrett, both of us um, actually, were at the same company for a very extended period of time. We both had to go find our, our separate career paths, basically, as a result of that company ceasing to exist. And I had to like start up Bowling Media, keep OCC going, get divorced, and try to endure the pandemic at the same time. So our social media feeds suffered as a result. That's what I'm saying. That is going to change in the coming weeks and months. So I appreciate y'all bearing with us, all of our followers on social media. I know it hasn't been as exciting as it was in years past. 2020 was a shit show. I'm just now pulling my head out of my ass. So I appreciate y'all bigly. Instagram at Oysters, Clams, Cockles, Twitter at Clams and Cockles, Facebook.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles. And then you can follow me, Ross Bolin, on my personal social media feeds, which no amount of pandemic or divorce or any type of disaster can keep me from updating on a daily basis <laughs> at WR Bolin, at W-R-B-O-L-E-N on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. I would also recommend you listen to the Ross Bolin podcast, my mental health, wellness, comedy, humor history, news, sports, music, animals, and more show available wherever you listen to Oysters, Clams, and Cockles. That's the Ross Bolin Podcast, also brought to you by Bolin Media, hosted by myself and Mr. Chris Colson. Barrett, where can we follow you on social media and hear more of your voice? At Barrett Dudley, Instagram and Twitter. Check out the Club Cool Podcast. Um, here's, what I, here's, here's the thing about the Club Cool Podcast. People are getting on there and they are, they are liking it, they are subscribing it, and they are leaving reviews, and most of the reviews are saying that this podcast is perfectly splendid. So please go follow it. One give more. It a just had to do it. Um, and uh, just see if you also agree that it is um, 
perfectly splendid. Perfectly splendid. It's just perfectly. And they play with it. At one point, they cut away from her. She's like, it's just perfectly. And then they don't even make you hear the second half because they know it's funny. And that's when I was like, I'm in. I'm in with Bly Manor. Billy Costa. Billy Costa. Lyra. We'll be back with... uh, What's it called? Where's the clampstone? Clampstone, people, listen Next up. Next week, are we? Are we? I get, swear are we saddling on my up? mother's. Are we getting on our saddles. We're Ross. back on God. All right, the freaking baseball season's over. Nobody cares about the Texans. The basketball season's over. The sports are gone. Uh, this is all I've got now is to retreat back to that old clampstone ranch. Just Boy, we are gonna stare up at that big sky. Sit on those stallions of ours. Just look up at look up at those stars. That's a man-made horse noise. Because it's a big sky country. <laughs> I do a pretty good horse. Let's see. We've wrapped up the boys. We've wrapped up Lovecraft Country. We're, we're just destroying everything we watch. So in a I'm, good light. Positive. Also, stay stay tuned for for a uh, for a movie club. Obviously. Um, oh, and then uh, just everybody finish the third day by next week, so I can talk about the finale. But Thanks, then, uh, everybody. Then, don't, yeah, don't... We'll, we'll we'll see. We'll, we'll have some other stuff to talk about too. Probably, I, I, I don't know. Maybe a little bit of Val. What maybe a little third, bit of Bly Manor. Well, what about the third day? I, yeah, I, I, maybe. Maybe I'll give it a shot. I'm going to be honest with you. You, you don't have about the, time the show for the third is day. something about the show is not calling to me. Okay, well, it's a Ross show for sure in that way. Like it, it, I don't know. There's just something that's not grabbing me did you did you watch lost no see this is it's like a specific fucking thing Mm -hmm. i don't know what it is but if we had like a ross column and a barrett column and the things that would fall under each and like fast and furious would be in your column and then whatever the fuck this is like weird supernatural uh stories with no explanation i don't know whatever that is it would fall under my box um I'm not obviously forcing Barrett to watch the third day. It's one that I picked we'll up see, randomly, we'll we'll burned through very quickly. I will just say, after I've watched the finale, we will likely do a little thing where I talk about it a little bit and try to be spoiler-free and say skip forward 30 seconds or whatever if you don't want to hear this. Um, but yes, we will be returning to Clamstone Ranch next week. Watch Yellowstone. Some point of season two we will discuss up till. Probably at least episode three, possibly five. Depends. I don't have a whole lot going on this weekend. Uh, In all likelihood, I'm going to sit on the couch with my mom and watch Yellowstone for the majority of it. So we'll see you all next week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you love Lovecraft Country. Look forward to Yellowstone coverage. Uh, Look forward to talking about uh, whatever we decide for Movie Club on Patreon this week as well. Enjoy the rest of Creepy Month. Next week is Halloween. Next week will be the only episode, the final episode you hear from us before hashtag creepy day. Mm-hmm. otherwise known as Halloween. And until then, until our next helping, goodbye, friend.